Coming up on today's show, we'll highlight some steps you can take to help you achieve a comfortable retirement. Yes, it all starts with a plan. Stay tuned. Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Uh, this is the show where we blow the whistle on the financial fouls. Uh, Steve's a best-selling author, Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is also president and founder of Laura Wealth Solutions. He's a fiduciary, independent, helping folks for more than 20 years getting to and then through retirement. Uh, hey, Steve, how's it going? It's going well. How's everything with you, Steve? Very, very well, thank you. And, uh, you know, things that you can do now to uh, make our, our retirement comfortable, it sounds like it's a good idea. And uh, it, it really, when it all comes down to it, as you said in the in the opening there, it all starts with the plan. Really, it starts and ends with a plan, doesn't it? Yeah, no, and it's it, you want to create a plan with someone who's actually got some experience in creating these plans and knows kind of the issues that you're going to face and what are the things that you have to plan for and has a strategy. That's why there are some websites and things where you can try and do it yourself. You're much better off finding an advisor that you trust and working with that advisor. Well, I would agree. and I mean, I think that for a lot of folks, they were do-it-yourselfers, and all of a sudden, we're looking at inflation that's out of control. We've got, um, you know, world upheaval, and suddenly it becomes a lot harder to do that yourself. So, yes, find somebody you trust like you. You're a fiduciary, you're independent, and you've got a lot of experience. Those are the three things that I want in an advisor, and that's what that's what folks should look for at this point in time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the other good thing about having an advisor that we're seeing, you know, I'm seeing with my clients right now is – you know, a lot of times when we start the review, they say, you know, it's it's great just to, at the end of the review, review they'll say, it's great just to have a sounding board to ha hear someone else kind of, you know, restate the facts to me so that, you know, it keeps you from making bad decisions. Sure. Well, um, yeah, absolutely. And so we're sometimes our own worst enemy in terms of, you know, you, you get a, a, you know, a bad stock market where it goes down a few hundred points in an hour and you, you're nervous, right? And you're, you just, it, in the market we've been in where it's been six months of just, it seems like one bad day after another, um, it can get very easy to, to lose sight of the forest through the trees and having the advisor kind of say, Hey, look, you're still on track or, you know, here's what, here's how this impacted your ability to retire. It, it, it helps. It helps a lot. Well, sure. And it gives us, it, it keeps our confidence up in terms of getting to retirement. That's a hard part too. We've got to be, we've got to feel that to, in order to get there. And speaking of getting there, we've got to get out of debt as much as we can uh, going into retirement. I mean, the only question there is is a mortgage, and that uh, again, that depends, right? I mean, it's an individual situation. So hopefully, you refinanced when rates were you know below three percent. But um, if you're getting a new mortgage now, rates are going to be a little bit higher. So um, that's not as advantageous, but it's still much better than like credit card debt and things of that nature. And you can still get mortgages in somewhere in the fives. So it's still a reasonable interest rate on a mortgage. What you don't want to go into retirement with is high interest rate debt. So credit, some of the credit cards are charging 28, 29%. Um, you know, so you definitely don't want to have those. And I'm always shocked when I'm meeting with people and they say, Oh yeah, I, well, I want to build up my cash savings and they have, you know, money sitting in the savings account. 
at a tenth of a percent interest, and then they're they're carrying a balance on a credit card where they're paying 17, 18%. And so it doesn't make any sense. So just take the cash from your bank. You can always charge back on the credit card if you had an emergency, right? But why pay the 17% interest? It doesn't make sense. Exactly. Um, and then build up your cash savings once you have no credit card debt. But you, you know, you want to, sometimes with our finances, we don't look at things from a common sense perspective. And, you know, sometimes having that second set of eyes just to kind of point things out to you and, and kind of, you know, shake you and say, hey, you realize you're paying 10% here, you're getting a 10th of a percent here. Why would you, why would you do that? Right. Well, exactly. Well, you said it too. I think for a lot of us, you know, dealing with money is a very emotional thing. And so we're driven by our emotions in that regard. Right. And, and liquidity can be, can come from a variety of places, right? So um, if you have a home equity line and you have credit cards, if it's unused, you still can, you still have the ability to charge back up, even if you have hardly anything in the bank. Right. But if you're paying out interest and you're paying interest on these other things that are significantly more, you're going to end up having less money overall. And so the, the goal is to have as much money as possible. Right. right. And, exactly. if, and if you can do that without uh, straining your liquidity, then that that's uh, that's a good thing. And and again, I think people just think of liquidity as only the money that's in their bank and they don't look at, oh, why. Well, the, the unused balance on my credit card or the unused balance on my home and equity line is also liquidity. So if I take, if I take money from my bank and put it towards those things, it's, um, it's not changing my liquidity necessarily. Oh, sure. It's just changing what I'm paying in interest. And I, I, you know, I wanted to spend some time talking about that just because I'm always shocked that I, I see that quite frequently. And so, you know, it, it, and it would seem to me like it would be something that would be common sense, but it, you know, I think there's a, a mentality of that, well, the money in the bank is money I can spend, whereas the money on my credit card is not money I can spend. So I don't want to pay off my credit card and then not have anything in the bank. Well, you can always charge back on your card. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, we talk about income and retirement and creating that income source and multiple sources of income, multiple streams of income. But one of the other pieces of that income has got to be taxes. And fortunately, you spend some time combining those two. In other words, how to create the income yeah. with minimizing taxes. Taxes are, and tax planning is the big differentiator. When you're talking about a retirement distribution planner versus a jack of all trades financial planner, right? Because it's not just about having asset diversification. You also want to have uh, tax diversification, meaning you want to have your income sources spread out in a way that you're paying the minimum in taxes and you want to own the right assets in the right type of tax shelter. So for example, in your Roth IRA, the whole benefit is tax-free growth. So wouldn't that be a good account to own your growth assets in, right? Whereas in the IRA, your traditional IRAs, like your 401k, those are going to be designed to produce your retirement income. Every, every dollar that comes out of those is going to be taxable. So your, your kind of lower growth income producing assets are better served being owned in an IRA. And so the, that's kind of the way that we're going to look at things when we do a retirement distribution plan. We offer every week our listeners a, a chance to sit down with us and put together a plan um, we also have a lot of great content on our website, laurelws.com. So we encourage you to go visit the website, make, make the call, sit down with us. 
Um, there's no cost. There's no obligation. We'll put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan for you. And it will really give you a roadmap of where you are and, 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 and how close you are to where you want to be. And maybe you're already there and you didn't know it. And that gives you a lot of peace of mind, especially when the markets are going haywire like they have been for the first half of this year. Exactly. 800-705-9995. That's the number that gets it started, folks. Uh, come on in, sit down with Steve, put together that financial roadmap, get you on the road to retirement, taking things that are complicated, making them a lot easier to understand. A practical financial review. That's how it starts, and it does start with that call. 800-705-9995. Uh, you're going to get a roadmap to see where you are right now, but also where you're going to get in the future. 800 800- 705-9995-800-705-9995. Rising inflation is beginning to take its toll on everyone, especially those in or near retirement. When we come back, we'll outline just what kind of threat inflation is to your retirement and some tips to help you weather this rough patch. Back on the retirement referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Steve, of course, uh, is a best-selling author. Cookie cut this. He is president and founder of Laurelwell Solutions. He's a highly sought-after speaker to, to really brief other advisors on how to help folks like you get into retirement th- that transition. I mean, Steve, you're not you're sort of the exception of the rule. I know a lot of advisors end up kind of working with with it with folks getting into retirement, but you have spent basically your career working this working this through yeah no that's uh, that's absolutely what i've been doing and and it wasn't popular you know 20 years ago when i was doing it now it's very trendy for for (laughs) well because most of the baby boomers were still in their productive earning years i see so but you had vision you you had a vision for the future so i was you know i i was doing this with depression era survivors you know so um you know i've i've seen a lot of different retirements in the the 20 plus years that I've been doing this. And so it gives me a good sense. And it gives you also a good sense of history too. When you, when you're working with, you know, when you've been doing it a long time, you've seen people and you've talked to people who have, who have gone through a variety of different cycles. Um, And, you know, right now there's not a lot of us that have, especially even people who are retiring who can remember the kind of inflation we're experiencing right now. Right. Because, there were kids when, you know, in the seventies, when, when inflation was, was like it is now. So, um, you know, for their, for their entire working life, they've, they've had pretty low inflation. And this is, this is something that I've always planned for because inflation historically um, has averaged about 3.42%. And so we've had like 20 years where it's been significantly less than that. And things tend to revert back to their mean meaning that they tend to move back towards their long-term average. Now, sometimes that can happen gradually, and sometimes it can happen in a short burst. And what we're having now is a reversion to the mean in a short burst. So, I mean, you're talking in June, um, inflation coming in 9.1% Holy year God, over year. Holy cow, that is a big number, Steve. Wow. It, it's, it's, it's huge. It's the biggest number since 1981. So, And if you think back um, to people who are retiring, right? So if you're... If you're 65 years old now, right? You were 24 in 1981, right? right? So yeah, that's um, the year my daughter, so, my oldest daughter, was born, <laughs> and she just turned right. 41. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's you know, there's not no one really 
who's working right now has really experienced this kind of inflation uh, in their work career. So, so how do we um, deal with it, Steve? What do we do? How, I mean, are there things that we should be doing? Are there things that we shouldn't be doing? Do we just need to take a deep breath and, and ride this out? What do we do? Yeah, you definitely need to ride it out and you want to continue doing what you're doing. Anytime you have a patch of market volatility, um, you, you want to continue doing the stick to your plan and stick to. So if you're contributing into your 401k, don't change how it's invested. Uh, don't go conservative because the market is down. Um, keep, keep going and you're buying more shares at lower prices. You're going to want to continue to own stocks in retirement. And this is inflation is just making the case even louder, right? Because the only thing that the only asset class that really helps you retain purchasing power over the long run is stocks. Now they're volatile on the short term basis and they're uncomfortable. It's certainly very uncomfortable to be in the stock market right now. But when we look at it over five years, 10 years, the chance of you doing better than inflation in stocks is significantly higher than if you go to bonds or if you go to cash. Um, I think it's going to be a long time before interest rates in the bank catch up to what we're, we're at with inflation. I mean, I think you're, there's about a 9% spread between what you're making in the bank and what, you're, what, what prices are going on. So <laughs> you exactly. don't, the, la the worst thing you could do is, is just go overly conservative. But the temptation is when the market's going bad is to say, I don't want to see any more negative numbers. Um, I'm going to just go to cash. And that's, that's the wrong thing to do. And so you need to have stocks in retirement. We've been saying that even when inflation was low, right, because of longevity, because we're living longer. But now it's not just a longevity story. It's also inflation, right? And I think people, I've been saying it for 20 years, but a lot of people kind of, eh, inflation is not that big of a deal, right? Well, now everyone thinks inflation is a big deal. It is a big and deal. So, and we're feeling um, it every and day. Now, and so if you have a pension and you have Social Security and it's more than enough for you to live on right now, you still want to own stocks because – guess what? Your cost of living adjustment on those pensions and social securities, not going to keep pace with inflation. And I've been saying that again for 20 plus years, but people don't really realize it until they go through a period like this. And they say, oh my God, yeah, I, I do need to have something growing for me because there is a possibility that in the future, my, you know, my, 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 my income won't buy the things that I want. And, you know, I talk about government employees a lot on the show. I, I do a lot of work with government employees it's, um, you know, in that space in particular, because people have accumulated significant pensions, um, they, there's a feeling that they'll, they'll always be okay. And they, a lot of times, unfortunately, people will, st will spend down their retirement assets sort of like funny money. And they don't, they don't leave it there to grow for, the, for that eventuality of inflation. And no matter how many times you tell people, Hey, you need to keep some money growing for you for the for the later years of your retirement because inflation is not going to is going to erode your purchasing power. People don't actually understand what that means until they see it sometimes. And, sure. And there and people are are definitely seeing it now. Stephen, your experience um, are we? Do you believe that we are near the top of the inflation? Is it going to continue to rise? I mean, nobody knows for sure. But again, just based on experience and history, what do you think? I think we've probably, uh, I think June could possibly be the peak. I mean, it, maybe we have one more, one more month where it rises. I think we're probably peaked out right now at 9.1. Okay. Um, 
and then I think we're going to start to gradually go down. Now, I don't, I don't think the Fed says they see inflation getting to 2% by the end of next year. I, I don't agree with that at all. Um, but I do think that it's reasonable to think that inflation could maybe come down um, back down to seven by the end of the year um, because the Fed is aggressively raising interest rates. Um, and then you're, you're also starting to see um, some signs that um, the oil market and the oil prices is, so is softening. I mean, so um, gas prices, the national average for gas is four dollars and seventy cents a gallon, which is down pretty significantly from just 25 days ago mm -hmm. where it peaked. So, you know, it is possible that inflation uh, has peaked uh, in June, but we'll we'll see. Um, only time will tell. But I mean, I, it's it is definitely possible. Um, let, let's go ahead and invite folks to call, Stephen. We'll continue our conversation after a break. Yeah, so it, it's important that you you look at your plan in the context of purchasing power and not in raw numbers. So a lot of times when you're putting together plans at some of these bigger places like a Fidelity, they're saying, oh, well, you can retire on XYZ amount of money. Well, that's, that's not adjusted for inflation. So if you have $8,000 a month coming in, it's not going to buy you the same thing in year 20 of retirement that it buys you in year one. So you want to you want to look at things from a purchasing power perspective and our plans do that. And it's absolutely no cost, no obligation. Give us a call. We'll sit down with you. We'll put together a plan. We'll show you what your projected purchasing power is going to be in retirement. And um, it gives you that peace of mind. I like that the projected purchasing power. Those are the kinds of things that, that a plan really can help give you. And, and Steve can craft that plan with you in mind. Again, no, uh, there's no cookie cutters here. This is a, an individual plan for you. It's a phone call away at 800-705-9995. There's no cost. There's no obligation. Just check it out. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. The last thing we want to do is sabotage our retirement plan, but sometimes things happen and missteps occur. Occur. The good news is behavior can be corrected. A how-to segment is next. on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Steve, of course, is a fiduciary. He's independent. Uh, he's been helping folks for more than 20 years. I encourage you to visit his website. It's called laurelws.com, laurelws.com. You'll find a lot of information there. I like what you do with the website, Steve, because you you also give us a little insight from what, what you're thinking, what you believe, what, what you see. And I, I that's so important to kind of make that connection and, and hear it from somebody like you. So somebody feel like we get to know. Yeah, no, I, I put a lot of content out. Every week I'm putting up new content. Um, I, I keep a weekly blog. So you can go back and actually look through my blog and see how I how I thought about different things that were happening in the, the market because I'm posting every week. So sure. Um, well, you know, I think it gives you, you a find, sense of one of the things I think you can find, Steve, is that oftentimes you are very right. <laughs> you are correct in what you're saying and, and, and what you're writing. Yeah, no, I, I mean uh, you know, not, I'm not always going to be accurate, Understood. but I mean, I've been through it. I've been through it enough times and I've seen a lot of things. So, you know, history tends to repeat itself. And so, um, and I, you know, in doing retirement distribution planning and having talked, and I think this is one of the benefits. And this is something I talk about in my book as well, is having done this now for 22 years, um, you, you get a certain sense of, of 
what different retirements look like and what different environments look like. And I've talked to thousands of people um, and I've gotten a lot of life stories from a lot of folks. And so I, I talk about one client that I had early in my career that made it to just shy of 107 oh, that wow. retired er, that retired early. Uh, he was president of Universal Studios in the 1940s. Oh, wow. And, Very cool. Um, you know, he retired in his early 50s and spent almost 60 years in retirement. And he was he, he was so enjoyable to talk to because he was just like a wealth of information. He was he was uh, he was Penn State's oldest living alumni. He fought in World War One. Um, I mean, he I think he was also Yale Law's oldest living alumni as well. But I mean, he was just he he was an amazing person. But like those type of stories, um, you you learn about. All right, here's what happened during the depression from a firsthand from a firsthand account. You know, it's, it's just. Um, I, because I've been doing this for so long, I, I've had those, those type of relationships and it's, it, it helps me give perspective to, to the things that are going on now. Boy, that's a, what a great story. Well, that, that should be a part of your book, Steve. That's, that it like is. A it's a whole chapter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool stuff. Uh, folks, if you want to give Steve a call, it's 800-705-9995. So we're talking about missteps. And I mean, obviously we all make mistakes. We all you know, wish we could have done things maybe a little differently. And, and there are some signs, though, that maybe uh, mean that show that we're not really doing all that we can, uh, because if you have trouble seeing the future, if you have trouble planning ahead, that can be a, a red flag. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it's hard right now, too, because a lot of people have things up in the air. Right. So it's, I, I'm talking to people every day who are saying, oh, you know, my hope was to retire at the end of this year or the end of next year. But now with the market, I, it's hard to see it, where we're going to be. And I don't know if I'm going to have enough and maybe I can hang on for another year. And, and so what it, what uncertainty does is it causes uncertainty in other aspects of your life. Right. And it makes it hard to plan because, um, you know, you had you felt one way at the beginning of this year when you're when you looked at the balances of your your 401k and you feel a different way right now, probably six months in and that's normal. And, but the reality is, is if you were okay to retire six months ago, chances are you're probably still okay to retire because if you've segmented your assets properly, the piece that's in the stock market is not money that you're going to be spending in the first three to five years of your retirement. And that gives you time to ride out this storm and, and the markets will eventually move higher. So, um, you know, I know it's confusing right now with all the stuff that's going on with inflation in the market and and having that plan. And even even if you crafted a plan with someone else, having someone who does this all the time sit down and take a look at your numbers, maybe a fresh set of eyes also gives you a little bit more perspective and, and, and sets your mind at ease a little bit. Well, I think it's important to have that second opinion. And, and folks, if you've got a plan, Steve would be happy to take a look at it. And, and again, as you said earlier, that if, if the plan is great and everything is on track, great. See you later, right? But if there are some things that you can help or perhaps tweak, then you're going to offer that as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that we'll, we'll point out the, the things. But it, the way that I work, and, and I talk about this in also in the book when I'm talking about choosing an advisor, is that... I'm not going to bash what you have. What I try and do is I, I look at why you own what you own. And I try and see, is there a rationale for that? And if there's a rationale for it, I'll, I'll explain to you. All right, here's what the rationale was as to why 
you were, you know, you were sold this product or why you own this. Here's why I think you, here's how you could tweak it. And I think make it better, or this is perfect. I agree with that rationale, you know, so, but I'm going to, I'm going to look at it objectively and I'm going to make recommendations that are in your best interest. And that's what a fiduciary does. Absolutely. I think one of the things we talk about, uh, maybe some missteps, and and I know I've fallen victim to this, are you overly optimistic with your budget? Because I mean, I'm I'm sort of that uh, that optimist who says, oh yeah, this will be great. And, well, I won't need that. You know what I mean? And and that can be, that can spell disaster for folks. Yeah. I, I, I see this all the time and this is why I don't when I do my my planning, and you'll see if you if you if you give us a call and sit down with us to put together a plan, I don't. People come to me with spreadsheets all the time. Uh, in that first meeting, oh, I, I did a spreadsheet of my expenses, and it, you know it will have all of their fixed expenses. I find that those spreadsheets that people do usually underestimate what they're spending pretty significantly. So what I do is I kind of look at things forensically, and I go back and I say, all right, well, how much did you make in deposits over the last year? Where did that money go? And we follow the money, right? Because if you made $80,000 in deposits, maybe you only had 40,000 in fixed expenses, right? So there should be another $40,000 somewhere. Um, now, if that money didn't go into an investment account or didn't go to a one-time expense or you know something like that, then that other, but it's not sitting in your bank account at the end of the year, that, that 40,000 went somewhere. Right. So, right, of course. Uh, <laughs> so that means that's your lifestyle is actually costing you the eighty thousand dollars that you're you're depositing, and it's a much more accurate way to look at it um, because we tend to underestimate our expenses. And the other thing that we tend to do is we tend to have this this vision that retirement all of a sudden our expenses fall off, and it doesn't make any sense. And, and again, what part of the thing with finances is that we don't look at things logically. Now, when you're working, you're, you're obviously getting an income. So when you stop working, it's not just your income that stops, right? You're also spending 40 hours a week at your office where you're actually engaged in something, doing something. Now, if you're at home for those 40 hours, there's a greater likelihood that you're going to spend money. I would say, I, when I ask people that question, I say, do you spend more money on the weekends or during the week? <laughs> right. And, and, and almost, almost everyone says I spend more money on the weekends. Right. Right. And, and so retirement is just, just one long weekend. <laughs> and so um, you're going to be spending more, most likely, not less. And so uh, it's important that you have a realistic budget. And that's one of the things that we help our clients do. And that's one of the things that we'll... We'll, we'll help you figure out when you sit down with us. And we, we invite you to call. We would love to sit down with you and put together a plan. It's very simple, folks. Give Steve a call, 800-705-9995. Get a comprehensive financial review. There's no cost. There's no obligation. He, Steve will point out, this is where you stand today. But what's more importantly is that you'll have a, a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-705-9995. Again, 800 705 9995. We've got some great questions from you. That and more when we come right back. Hey, we 
are back on the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Steve is a fiduciary and independent. Uh, he is a best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement D- Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist, president and founder of Laurel Wealth uh, and uh, Laurel Wealth Solutions. Check out his website, laurelws.com. Um, and so let's let's touch on inflation again, Steve, if you don't mind. 9.1% was the latest, are the latest numbers, and that is a staggering number, as we pointed out earlier. But again, these are the kinds of things, do you anticipate... Do you anticipate some of your clients now reaching out to you going, oh, my gosh? Yeah, no, I, I definitely do. I, I, and when we're when I'm doing reviews, I, you know, like I this is funny because for years and years and years, people say, don't you think you're being a little bit too aggressive in your inflation estimate? And for the last six months, all I've been hearing is, do you think we need to adjust our inflation assumption? <laughs> of course. <laughs> and and remember, when we're looking at inflation in a retirement distribution plan, we're we're, we're trying to calculate an, an average inflation rate over the course of your retirement, right? So um, just because we have one year that's extraordinarily high, like 9.1%, doesn't mean that it's going to throw off the long-term average. Um, now, if it continues to be 9%, 8% for two or three years, four years, then you know, I would, I would think about adjusting my inflation percentages higher than what I'm already using. But at this moment, I, I really think that I want to see what happens uh, because the Fed is is being pretty aggressive now in raising rates. I do think inflation will start to get under control. I am optimistic that the the COVID shutdowns that have been kind of wreaking havoc on the supply chain will start to mitigate a little bit. So I'm I'm still pretty optimistic. Um, now that being said, if we get you know, if next month is 9.3 and the month after that's 9.5, I'll start to get a little bit less optimistic. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> but yeah. but um, I, I really kind of believe that the, this 9.1 that we had uh, for CPI in June is going to probably be the peak. So do you see that that uh, the Fed raising interest rates? I mean, they haven't. I mean, do you anticipate a, a jump here soon or sooner than later? I mean, I'm not sure when the Fed. Yeah, I think they're going to raise. Yeah, they're going to raise probably another three quarters of a percent at the next meeting, which, um, you know, is not going to help your bank account at all because, you know, you have to remember that banks make money on the spread between mortgage, mortgages and deposits. And for years, that spread has been compressed. So they're in no hurry to raise the rate on savings. Plus, you have a market that's terrible right now and people want safety. So people are willing to 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 deposit their money and and not demand more than a tenth of a percent. So why is the bank going to go and jump uh, jump their interest rates? It's just not it's not going to happen. But what is going to happen is mortgage rates are going to go up. And so part of the part of what has been mitigating um, the inflation in terms of the consumer is still out there spending. And you would say, well, why is the consumer out there spending? Well, they up until this year, their their 401k was looking great. Their real estate, their home price has probably jumped pretty significantly in the last year or so. So they feel like they have more wealth, even though the prices are more expensive, they're still going out and spending. Um, if home prices start to go down, we already have the market going down. Um, you could see consumer demand start to dry up, and that would be a bad thing. Um, if the Fed can get inflation under control before that happens, um, and you know, the supply catches up to the elevated demand, then that's a good thing. 
Sure. But demand is going to be demand is going to be absolutely the key because we can get inflation down by stifling demand, but that's not a good thing. That means that means we're in a pretty serious recession. But if we can keep demand where it's at and and also bring the prices down, meaning that we get the supply up to meet the demand, um, then the Fed will have done their job. And okay. that's the way you have to look at things. Sure. Well, and again, it's, I mean, I guess history, as you said, repeats itself. And I mean, this has worked in the past. So chances are, it, I mean, it could work this time too. Yeah, I think it, I think it will work. I just don't think I, I, I think that in his last comments, Chair Powell was a little bit overly optimistic uh, in how quickly he could do it. But I do think that they're doing the right steps. And I think that it will, it will eventually work and uh, inflation will come under control. And I think also... Um, I, you know, I, I don't think you can downplay the fact about the uh, about the the BP deal in Alaska with the the 600 million barrels of oil. Um, that's a significant departure from the for the administration to to issue that that letter and, and kind of start the process of greenlighting that. Mm-hmm. Um, means that they're they're willing to kind of ignore some of the louder voices in their party and govern more from the center, which I think the markets would perceive as a good thing. Sure. All right. 800-705-9995. You know, you were talking about interest rates and banks and not being anxious to raise them, but the the, the credit card companies have no problem raising their interest rates with inflation. No, no, absolutely. Uh, And so you're going to see 29, 30% on some credit cards soon. So, I mean, that's just crazy. That's painful. All right. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack you there, Steve. We can uh, get into a couple of questions here while we've still got some time. Got to share this question from Joseph. I, I, I want to get your reaction. Joseph says, I've been putting away $100 a week for 40 years in a safe. I now have $192,000 saved, and I've worked at the same job for 40 years, but now I'm being forced to retire. I'm only 54, and with only $192,000 saved, should I retire or not? I was thinking I was doing pretty good saving that much money every payday but uh, for so long, but my friends say not near enough. What do you think? Well, I mean, this question is great, and I'm glad we I'm glad we had time to get to it because it, it it's great on so many levels, right? Because we spent so much of the show today talking about inflation. Here's here's Joseph who's been putting it in a safe and getting no interest on it, and you know that hundred ninety two thousand is not going to buy the same amount now uh, that it would have bought when he first started working, right? Mm-hmm. So when forty years ago, Joseph, I'm sure you thought uh, you would have thought one hundred ninety two thousand is a, a ton of money because Forty years ago, it was a ton of money, um, but the reality is, is that because you haven't gotten any growth on it, um, it's not going to last you very long in retirement. Uh, it also depends, Joseph, on what you're spending, right? So if you're living a very modest lifestyle, it may it may last you long enough um, to augment your lifestyle, but there's less and less that you you can really buy for cash. So I would encourage you to start to put the money in a bank um, or, you know, get it into an into an investment account where, you know, it can actually start to earn you some interest um, rather than collecting dust in the safe. Well, well, I mean, you can't just arbitrarily walk into a bank with one hundred ninety two thousand in cash and say, here, deposit this. They're going to ask a lot of questions, aren't they? They, they, they would ask questions. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. But I, I, I I'm. Yeah, you probably have to. They probably have to fill out some forms, and, and you'd have to. You probably have to explain your story that 
you know, it's you saved it one week at a time. Sort of like that. Uh, it's <laughs> sort old, of like the old Johnny, the, was, the old Johnny Cash song. One piece, one piece at, at a time. time. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Um, <laughs> Joseph's got a, an 81, 82, 83, 84, 85. <laughs> but, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's you probably want to start to get the process of, uh, of trying to get a little bit more bang for your buck on your money. Absolutely. And uh, believe it or not, Joseph's, Joseph's situation is not that uncommon. No kidding. Um, yeah, there are some people that just like to have cash on hand and they'll have, you know, they'll have a safe with thirty or forty thousand dollars. That's I mean, Joseph's case is a little bit extreme, but right. Um, you know, there are definitely people out there. So I, I thought it was a good question to get to. And I, I love getting the questions from our listeners and um, we love doing the show every week. And folks, again, this is the last opportunity today to uh, give Steve a call, 800-705-9995. Get on the calendar and, and have that conversation. Well, Steve, as always, I love our conversations. The show goes by so quickly. Uh, I could just keep going here, uh, but we got to call it a show. Yeah, no, we'll be back here again same time next week. Thanks for listening, Orlando. on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Crusoe offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with the SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. Coach P Radio.